If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome, friends, to Unlocked 379. It's IGN's weekly Xbox show. We've got plenty to cover this week. Three major games that you can play right now. We'll talk about the Anthem VIP demo weekend. Uh, there's a lot to discuss there, as well as Resident Evil 2 hitting stores uh, to, and off to a flying start, as well as Kingdom Hearts 3, a, a decade-long odyssey, comes to a close in that you can finally play the game, plus uh, February Games with Gold. Solid lineup there a new Dragon Ball game, and much more coming up on this week's show. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. To my right, Destin Legary. Bam. Hey, everybody. Good afternoon, good morning, wherever you may be. Coming at you live from the IGN radio right here. I'm co-host Destin Legary. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Lucy O'Brien, welcome. Hello. That is actually the first time I've heard you say bam. Like, I feel like I just witnessed an iconic moment. Yeah. Yeah, in the I'm, flesh. I'm glad people seem to like it. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> Miranda Sanchez. Hello. Good yeah. Good morning, whatever time it is. Afternoon, evening. It's Even fine. It's evening. So good evening for all those listening <laughs> in the evening. Miranda's got my back. Yeah. That's yeah, right. I think uh, the BAM has become iconic to Unlocked now. It's very important. <laughs> Someone must do it every time. We'll mm -hmm. never do it as well as Destin, though. Oh, That's true. Bet. Yeah, there is. there can be only one. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, let's start right away with Anthem. I mean, that was the talk of the town this past weekend, the VIP demo launching now. What's interesting about that, a friend of mine messaged me, and I heard reports of this other, uh, from, from other people as well, at least on Xbox, which is obviously what we're talking about here. Uh, a buddy of mine messaged me and was like, yeah, I, don't, I didn't even pre-order, I didn't, couldn't even, I don't even have VIP access, but I just went to the Xbox store, downloaded it, and started playing. And that's actually what I did, because I hadn't even <laughs> put in my code. I was just like, well, I figured, oh, do I download it and then put in my VIP access code that, that BioWare sent me? And never asked for anything. I just hmm. got into the game. So that was a weird, <laughs> that was a little strange. And you got in with no issues? Uh, yeah, because I did, I hopped in that night after, you know, a lot of people had, uh, a lot of the issues were kind of during the day. Right, you know, right, they flipped right, right. the switch at like 9 a.m. on Friday and then uh, they had some, you know, pain points there on the servers. Those prevailed throughout the, throughout the weekend. Yeah. It was yeah. rough the entirety. Of I mean, it was, I had a lot of warping and lagging mm -hmm. uh, and some, you know, frustrations there, but um, let me start. Let's start with the game itself, because uh, the, yeah, the the server issues were kind of became their own monster 
uh, that that uh, were was a focal point of discussion. But the game itself, Miranda, you you seem to have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, so I've actually been kind of, it's weird to say, lucky enough to play in a stable environment as well. So I think it is really hard to know what you're getting into when it has been so chaotic with the connections. Um, but I, I'm glad to see that there is a shared sentiment that it is a lot of fun despite some of the issues. Like I've seen a lot of people saying like, oh yeah, I had like a solid connection for like maybe two hours. I got to play a lot and it was really cool and I like the feel of it. Um, and that of course prevailed when everything was functioning normally. Um, it's just so fun to fly around. Dustin and I were talking about combos. Yeah. Um, so that's such a big part of Anthem is that there's like a nuance to its combat, right? Yeah. Um, and it's when you first see it, it's, there's not a lot of tutorial here, so there's not a lot for training in that. Right, because it throws you in right at level 10, yeah, right so in the middle like, of the game. Here you go. Um, so the ranger, I think, is one of the more difficult ones to set up for combos because he's like kind of supposed to be a single target javelin. And you just have these explosives at first. And at first you're just like, yeah, just fire an explosive, killing enemies, using your gun. <laughs> and then you use melee and you're like, oh, I can stun people. And then if you use melee and a grenade, then you get a combo and you do like way more damage and get more points. Mm-hmm. And so it's like really cool to see how all of those things just unfold as you play more. And yeah, I mean, I'm having a great time with it. So I'm hoping that this weekend was kind of prep for next weekend, which, you know, is unfortunate, but these things happen. Yeah. It's yeah. still online infrastructure and that's going to be a challenge always. What does it, what does it feel now. like to play? Like what could you compare it to something else you've I'm played? I'm not going to say Iron Man, but <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. the common thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, Tom and I had a discussion about this, but it definitely still feels like a Bioware game in some of its mechanics. And even like with the combos and the abilities, like there's some of that mass effect feel there and like, how things explode and just like the damage enemies take and like the different armor types that they have and barriers. Um, I think the thing that is just very new though is that flight mechanic and it does feel very, very good. So I play the storm a lot and there's an emphasis on floating. So when you're floating, you have an extra shield and you just, you're just have an advantage in being that, but it also puts you a little bit more exposed. But the idea with the storm is that you're supposed to be kind of like the spellcaster type and you do a lot more AOE damage and like bigger wave clearing and it's easier to set up for combos. So I think it's just cool to see how they're utilizing that beyond just getting to point A to point B. For storm pro tip, ABF, always be flying. (laughs) You have to be in the air with that class for sure. Like your cooldown for your flight suit too is like, shorter like it'll maintain your flight longer so if you did like the same thing with a ranger like you overheat pretty quickly Mm -hmm. um also one thing i really do like is when you start overheating it sounds like a kettle (laughs) really start going oh that's great i like that i do feel like the loop is still it definitely reminds me of destiny though and i don't say that in a good way or a bad way it's just you know as far as the you know you've got a couple of guns a couple of special attacks Mm -hmm. on the bumpers and an ultimate like the and and just you know Trying to get those combos and and uh, go from kind of area. It, the actual sort of moment to moment loop of it still had a, a destiny feel to it. Obviously, you're third person and you can but fly you around can like Iron Man. Yeah, you have a crew that you need to play with, yeah. and you want to like team up with your crew to make sure that you guys have different javelins and like there's some strategy there. I mean, there's definitely a lot of parallels to destiny. It, it's funny to me again. It's just it doesn't mean anything. It's just it just made me chuckle when I thought about it. Was that uh, Destiny plays in first person out in the field and mm-hmm. third person back in, oh. in the tower? <laughs> yeah, and it's the opposite right. for for Anthem. Mm-hmm. It's first person, you know, up in the Fort Tarsus, and then third person out in the field. It's just a, a silly little thing that, that, <laughs> that occurred to me. 
Uh, now, Destin, you've you've spent as as much or more time with this game than anyone at IGN mm-hmm. uh, so far. What? How are you feeling about it? As a you know, you have o- well over a thousand hours of Destiny mm-hmm. uh, under your belt, and and you know you're a big Bioware fan. We know your your Mass Effect love. So, how are you feeling about this game so far? Yeah, I played a lot this weekend, and near the end of the weekend, I started sort of messing around with my builds, and that's really where the meat of potatoes of Anthem is going to to either shine or not when when you get into the end game, whatever that may be. And it was really, really interesting. I was messing around with uh, this thing called Muster Point on the Ranger, which actually amplifies all of your uh, weapon damage by 20%. So now we have the next one coming next week, and I'm like, I need to get four javelins and see if this stacks. And, and your progress, Bioware yeah. told us on, mm-hmm. on our live stream with them, uh, will carry over. So mm-hmm. anything, if you got to play in the VIP demo this past weekend, that, that progress will carry over to the, the public demo this weekend. Yes, I believe so. And uh, they unlocked all four of the javelins. They said they're going to do some other cool stuff, like potentially unlock the new social area that uh, Mike Gamble revealed on Twitter a few days ago. And I, I'm really, really liking the the gameplay loop of Anthem. It's, it's really fun. And a lot of people just ended up repeatedly running Tyrant Mine on a hard difficulty. And it was very, very difficult, actually, with the, the abilities that we had at our disposal. Yeah. So that was a fun way to sort of... Uh, learn and perfect how you're going to play each of the classes with your teammates. So let's talk for a minute about, about the, the issues that, that plagued the, the VIP demo. Cause I, I really thought, and I know I'm going to get hate for this and I don't, and that's fine. And it's, this is my opinion. I thought the reaction was pretty unfair from the community at large. And I know Destin, you disagree. I do. Yeah. But I, you know, this is, this is a pre-release demo. Do you want better to happen now than with the, when you've, Page your sixty bucks, and it's and the game is launching, and uh, and I know people disagreed with me on this, but this was a free thing. Uh, yes, uh, you had to um, pre-order it, yeah. but you haven't you haven't paid your money yet. You haven't you know it's Amazon. You can you know you have you charge when the thing ships. So yeah. I just I, I thought it was it was unfair for people to be just jumping straight to the pitchfork and torch mob mm-hmm. on the first day of of this demo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll never support a pitchfork and, and uh, torch mob, of course, but I, I think it is responsible as a consumer to to look at a product and look at the the challenges that you're facing, especially in a VIP demo that a lot of people feel like they put money towards for, and then make a, a content decision at that point. I saw a lot of people say that they're canceling their pre-order and that they're going to wait for reviews. I think that is responsible. Sure, that's fine. That's responsible. I mean, pre- yeah. pre-ordering in general is just... A bad idea. It's just a yeah. mix. It, unless you're like really confident in a game, I think you're obviously you're risking something there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I never support attacking a developer or anything yeah. like yeah. that. That's See, and that's where I, th- I think people were just primed. Mm-hmm. They were just like ready for. It's like they just doused <laughs> doused the room in gasoline, yeah. and we're standing there with a Zippo lighter, just waiting to to drop it because it was EA and because it was Bioware, who you know, Bioware's. Uh, Goodwill, shall we say, has, I, I will say, I think has largely dro- been dried up in the eyes of the community after the ending of Mass Effect 3 and Andromeda. Here's, here's what a lot of people may not have seen. They may not have seen Mike Gamble flying to Tokyo, tweeting about how the developers are on it, or uh, Mark Dara just dealing with the same pains, or John Warner uh, responding to somebody who said, like, you guys have been so silent. He's like... We're oh, not feeling been, silent. Right. We are busting our asses to fix these problems so, to make a better experience for you. And it's really refreshing to see them openly going through the woes and saying, we're just as upset as you are and we understand what you're going through and we want to get you playing as soon as you can. To that point, I think they could have 
focus that attention a little bit better. Um, I noticed the Anthem Twitter proper was like silent. Yeah. Like they didn't actually retweet much from there. They didn't actually put a lot there. And that's actually the point that they tell you to go to in the demo right. for information. It's fair. And so I think that was a problem, even though I do think the be- developers did do their best to be communicative. Um, and I do appreciate that they started releasing daily updates. It's like, hey, this is what we're working on. This is what we're fixing. Um, I appreciated their big, long post on like, hey, here's a breakdown of what actually happened. It yeah. wasn't a server capacity issue. It was something completely different. So it wasn't that there were too many people. It was something else. Yeah. Um, and like these things happen and it's really unfortunate. And of course I think it's unfortunate for both sides. Of course, these people did have to pre-order and that is still something, you know, um, this is supposed to be that special time for the people who had invested in it before everybody else. Yeah, that's fair. I think it's fair to be upset, but also there should be like a level of empathy there. Like these are people and they are Mm -hmm. working probably crazy hours to get this fixed. And like, I'm super appreciative of that, but I also understand the frustration, but again, it's, it's like, it's, don't be so vile. <laughs> it just reminds me of this, um, you know, Nintendo being really transparent about uh, Metroid 4 recently. Yes. Yeah. And that started a conversation about uh, basically publishers and developers um, opening up a channel of communication, of open communication yeah. between uh, themselves and their f- and the fans um, and how important that is mm-hmm. and, and, and how, how important it is to not just because the fans – you know, should be told what's going on. Um, but also it does remind the fans that there is some, there are people um, making these games on the other end of this, like, otherwise faceless brand. Yep. And I think those, those two sort of highways are just so important and that's why just open communication as much as humanly possible is really important. Yeah, and I've actually noticed that happen a lot more with developers generally. Mm. Like, even with the blackout beta that happened uh, last year, they were like super open about everything they're fixing. Like, hey, we have noticed that this is imbalanced. We're fixing this. We're doing this. We're doing this. And I think it just goes such a long way to reassure people that things are, one, being taken care of, and two, that there's something happening behind the scenes. Like, we'd like to assume that, but now we know. Now the, the one, it's a subtle distinction, but I think one, mis, I guess, mis, for the lack of a better word, mistake, but one maybe thing I, I wonder if Bioware would have gone back and done differently is, they probably, in hindsight, should have called this a VIP beta, hundred <laughs> percent, not a demo. And, have, and, and I know that, that word sounds so ridiculous. Important. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But, but it's no, yeah, it's, it's a demo yeah. is sort of has the connotation of oh, you, yeah, it's a finished, bro- mm-hmm. broken off piece of the finished product. Yep. Whereas a beta has the connotation of yes. this is very okay. much still in progress. And I wonder if even that. <laughs> This, a different four-letter word would have, would have uh, might have changed the sentiment a little bit. I guess I don't know, maybe I'm overreacting, so, but I, I just I feel like that people were just very quick to just crucify Bioware uh, at, at, at you know a pre-release point in time, and that and that that disappointed me. So the game has actually gone gold, so maybe that's why they wanted to call it a demo. But also, this is a build from like six weeks ago from like sometime in December. Right. And so this is not the final version of the game. And they did say, it's like, Oh, we stripped some things out, but I don't know that a lot of people know that like, this is Mm -hmm. not what it looks like when it's done. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's such a hard thing to convey, especially through calling it a demo. Yeah. I know that and understand it. And that, that really leans into what the problem is. You're calling this a demo. You're saying this is indicative of what the final product is going to be like, but then retroactively you're telling us that all this stuff is being patched and adjusted. Well, cool. You still lost 
a lot of pre-orders because of this, and this is overall going to be a bad thing for the Anthem brand now. I, th I think people are gonna now going to go to a wait-and-see approach. You've definitely lost a percentage of those people. In, in the grand scheme of things, it's probably probably small. Uh, inversely, though, I do want to say I saw tons and tons of positivity online. A lot of Good. people who did get in and were playing, they're like, oh, man, I was having a blast flying around as the Storm or the Ranger, and I really like the feel of the game. So when people did get in, it was really refreshing to see those people sort of celebrating that yeah. they were able to play yeah, and play with a good experience. I think it might have been you and I, Miranda. I can't quite recall that uh, we were talking about how for all the, the – uh, chatter about the connectivity issues, the server issues. Nobody was out there saying the game stinks. Like I don't like yeah, the game. I like, felt very, very, very <laughs> yeah. few people say anything about that, but they were obviously also just completely negative about everything regarding Anthem, not necessarily right. just because they had played it and were like, well, this is disappointing. They're like very extreme far fringe people that were uh, can I ask you a question quick, Miranda? You played on a standard Xbox. Yep. I played on an X. Mm -hmm. How did it run on standard Xbox? Mm. Well, yeah. it's uh, showing on the Xbox's age. Yeah. It's I, I, a I, little clunky. Yeah, I played on an X, but... Is it jet engineing? <laughs> yeah. I was on an X, but I've just got the 1080p TV at home. Uh -huh. So it was, you know, just just getting a little little turbo boost, but still... Mm -hmm. And it, the, um, the, the combo, like the... the Combat warp stuff ran decently. Uh, Fort Tarsus, though, was clearly under 30 frames a second. Oh, yeah. Not in, like, a gross, terrible way. I mean, there's no combat there, but mm -hmm. it was noticeable, yeah. even on an Xbox One X. So for those who don't know, consoles run at 30, and uh, PC runs at 45 frames per second. That's an optimization joke for anybody who doesn't get it. It wasn't really well optimized, <laughs> so a lot of people with high-end cards... <laughs> We're having a rough time getting humor. it to 60. Uh, it defaults to like ultra if you have a 1080 or above, and, and it was just running really sluggish. They did say they're going to optimize for that. Uh, if you had a 2080 Ti, which is about a $1,400 card, you seem to be pretty good. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't have that card. So, uh, yeah, I was getting around 60, but I had to dip down to like high, medium on a lot of the stats. Mm. Yeah, and turn motion blur Wah. off. Please just by default turn motion blur off. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the general rule, though, for yes. all media. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Turn that off. Well, I remember I uh, the, the one that, when you say motion blur, the, the game that immediately always jumps to my mind is Perfect Dark Zero. Oh, yeah. And I know that game's been picked on. I actually think it's a better game than a lot of people give it credit for historically, but um, you know, it was a day one Xbox 360 launch title. And so they were developing it on, you know, in progress hardware and then had to ship it for day one. It's like that game, it's like every time you turn, it's just motion blur <laughs> just to, you know, cover up, cover up the frame rate a little bit. Cause they were working with, with, uh, you know, alpha hardware yeah. trying to get that done. So it's anyone had it and it had film grain, which <laughs> making games off. is hard. Yeah, making remember? video games is yeah. harder yeah. than any of us even yeah. realize. <laughs> This week's Podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is 
showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash unlocked without the e that's n-o-r-d-v-p-n.com slash u-n-l-o-c-k-d and that'll give you four extra months on the two-year plan and best of all there's no risk with nord's 30-day money-back guarantee nordvpn.com slash unlocked without the e hey there this is justin bartha i made a funny new podcast king of the egg cream it has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like lewis black i'm torn by my feelings for two women bobby cannavale you can eat it or if someone hits you you can put it on your cut melanie linsky i wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet jason ritter i can break things and pick locks and kill people michael stuhlbarg the whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better ari grainer no don't whet its appetite what are you an idiot me justin bartha that's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, all right, well, uh, speaking of difficult, Resident Evil 2 has been uh, ha- causing people difficulty sleeping in the office Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh, it is out it is thriving three million copies sold in the first week already uh, which is out that's that's more than re7 did so this is a a remake uh, outselling uh re7 from a couple years back Uh, lucy you've been playing the heck out of it Mm -hmm. and Seemingly, there, there's. I don't know if I've really heard a, a true bad word about about this remake. In in any, whether technically gameplay wise, it's just they, they did a hell of a job with this. I think it's an almost flawless remake. I think it's like I, I've said this. I think wow. I already said this on Beyond, so I apologize if I'm repeating myself. Um, but it's it it sort of sets the new standard for remakes. I think it's it's you know it's more of a remix. It feels like. It was made by people who love the first game, the original game rather, um, but also are very aware that it was made in an era. Yeah. <laughs> and we've come a long way since then. Um, so it, it really does feel like a love letter to, to two rather than a doggedly faithful remake. So would you say it's more of a, a 2018, 2019 reinterpretation yes. of a 1998 video game that is exactly how it feels yet it it, it, it is a reinterpretation so that you know things are very different but the best praise i can give it is that it still feels like the game i remember playing when i was a kid mm. you know it's, it's still got that heart to it um and i think that that is an incredible achievement um so yeah i i mean i i've 
I love it. It's like a game of the year contender for me already. Wow. We're only in January. Um, have you played any? You've played no. some Destiny? Uh, yeah, I played a little bit on PC. I played for like an hour or two. Yeah. So I've never played Resident Evil 2 before. I played Resident Evil 4, and I really, really like 4. But I, I haven't really gotten all the way through any Resident Evil before. Right. Not because it's too scary or anything. I just kind of like, okay, I get I get what's going to happen. I'm going to shoot that guy in the head. The tentacle monster is going to pop out and then finish him off. But with 2, uh, it was really, really interesting to uh, see the character development yeah. and uh, how Chris is trying to get through this, this thing. And uh, it's Claire, right? Claire, yeah, yes. Yeah, Claire Redfield. And, it's uh, Leon and Claire. Oh yes, yeah. I'm sorry, sorry. No, yes. Chris is the absent brother. Yeah, yeah. That's what I. Uh-huh. That's what I, I. I knew it was. Sorry. It's a very easy continue. Commenter, yeah, yeah. be gentle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 But anyway, I had a good time with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it's, didn't really have a lot of jump scares for me though. Okay, well, you're only a couple of hours in. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm just yeah. gonna. I'm gonna okay. say they yeah. do. They are there. Oh, but say because I was talking with Duggan about it, and he said that there's one point when it's like an advent calendar of horror yeah it's like you're oh, just great. opening things and it's just terrifying <laughs> things after yeah. another and maybe the right thing you need there are a couple of moments um have you guys seen that what's that movie and it's like set in cabin in the woods mm, mm. i haven't oh okay well there's just the scene in there where it's just like all the horrors are unleashed at once and there are a couple of moments in resident evil 2 that that remind me of that but i i do think it's um it's such a great for newcomers to the Resident Evil series, I think it's such a great starting point because mm-hmm. it mixes all of the best parts of Resident Evil as a series. Mm-hmm. So it's a very it's a, it's a survival horror. So it's very much like the original uh, handful of games because um, things changed when four came around. It turned more sort of action Action-y, focused. Yeah. Um, it's uh, got that over the shoulder. Uh, Perspective, so we're no longer, you know, using the really archaic uh, tank <laughs> controls. Uh, uh, like fixed camera angles are gone. It's very streamlined, um, but it, it, it just it, and in that way, it just feels like the amalgamation of all the best parts of mm-hmm. all of the games. And yeah, I think it's an amazing starting point for anyone wanting to to get into the series. And it is scary. I have to play it with the sound down. Oh, really? Like, not completely down. Like, I still need to hear what's going on. Yeah. Especially when it comes to Mr. X. Uh, but Heard about it's, that guy. <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 really tense. It's really full on. Yeah. See, I, I want to play it. I don't, I don't necessarily do horror well, especially before bed. Right. <laughs> but, like, before bed's the only time I have to play games. Yeah. So, like, I want to play it in broad daylight with the windows, you know, with the shades up and the sun coming in. But so, I have no opportunity to do that. Yeah. Just gotta get up early. Just make a coffee. <laughs> I guess. In yeah, the morning, like, you know, go into work scared. It's fine. <laughs> and then, yeah, calm down over the course of the day. I think that might be what I have to, I have to do. Because like when people start saying this is a game of the year contender for me, I'm just like, no, let's <laughs> <laughs> play it. So you're not good with horror games? No, okay. <laughs> not yeah. at all. So. And I love that you said that it sort of sets the new standard for what a what a remake should be. Because I mean, I we've spent a lot of time, and I have on this podcast over the year, well, over this generation, giving Capcom a lot of grief mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. about their output this generation. It's just been a lot of remasters and reissues, and not you know outside of Monster Hunter, not a ton of original content. Certainly not on Xbox, but you know. And here we are with Resident Evil Two, a remake, but it's. It's a, it's not. It's a, it effectively is a brand new game, yeah. and it's it's just so well done that it's like, all right, well, if this is how Capcom's going to do it, then okay, feel free to remake some of your other <laughs> classic games, like you know, Dead Rising or or you know, uh, 
Dino Crisis. Well, I'd love, stuff, you know what? You know? I would love to see a Dino <laughs> Crisis remake. I really would. Um, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. And it's, it's, it's it, you know, are they going to do three next? Is that what we want? Or do we want to see, oh, see a four <laughs> remake would be amazing. And also it's kind of time for a four remake. Mm-hmm. Hasn't that already been remade once? They did or an re- HD version. That, maybe that was it. Okay. So uh, besides that, yeah. I'm, not, I'm just not really sure what else to say about Resident Evil 2. I played it. It looks gorgeous <laughs> on PC. It, it runs great. Uh, it's, it's definitely a slower paced game. We're like, I, I play action shooters all the time. So to, to change gears and go to a horror game that has a lot of uh, puzzle solving and such, I'm like, oh, you got to kind of get in that headspace. You really do. Yeah. And you've got to remain calm. And one of the things that the game loves to do is to send Mr. X after you when you're trying to like be really calm and solve yeah. a puzzle. Mm-hmm. And that's not a fun time. <laughs> it's not so a have fun you, time. Lucy, have you seen, because uh, I think it was uh, our friend Mitch Dyer, shared around, I think he was quote-tweeting someone else, but there was a, I saw it on his feed, there was a, a, a clip going around from, I think from the demo, it was still full game, but of a, of a zombie like getting shot, falling down, like severing in half, and then after you think it's dead, and after like three seconds, it just starts crawling towards you. <laughs> Have you seen more like cool, gross animation stuff like I that? haven't, I haven't actually. I <laughs> haven't seen a, a, a like that, to that degree. I will say that the zombies are particularly spongy. Like you really have to shoot them in the head a lot of times. And sometimes they'll just get back up and it's just like, come on. It's like Michael Myers. It's like, just be dead already. (laughs) All right. So yeah, nothing but praise from resident evil Two. give it a look. Uh, yeah, again, whether you're reliving it from 20 years ago or whether you're, whether you never played it before. I'm, I'm, in, the, I'm in the boat with you, Destin. I, yeah. I never played two. I came out, I, I co-opt, uh, five was really my f- first proper Resident Evil. Oh, okay. That's yeah. a, that's a oh, weird one I know. to start with. I, well, I really? Just, yeah. You know what it is? It's because I wasn't a PlayStation guy right. in, the, in, the, in the sort of original days of the series. So five came to 360 and I co-opted that whole thing with Mitch Dyer and it's one of my favorite gaming memories because we're just the, we caught the entire game and then I play I tried six and it was ugh, I think this. everyone tried six yeah six six <laughs> was uh, not <laughs> did not care for six super well and then seven right. I just haven't played much beyond the the, the VR demo because it was abjectly terrifying yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Fair. yeah I want to play some Resident Evil 2 uh, alright and then Miranda Kingdom Hearts 3 is out as well hooray it's real are you ready no I, no <laughs> <Still not right. laughs> still... No, I definitely need to finish 2 and then I think I'm going to have um, a nice weekend where I just catch up with the other side games that I didn't finish or get to um, like I think someone's joking it's like just put put on like a movie of cutscenes you'll be fine it's like, okay <laughs> Um, so I think I'm going to do that sometime soon. And so for now, I'm just trying to avoid spoilers at all costs, which has been already a challenge. Ricky, yeah. the game, yeah. It- oh, they're on Pornhub. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly where I expected to find them. That's so where you store be spoilers. Careful. <laughs> be careful. Okay, I'll, I'll make sure to... You might go there carefully. for one thing and get and get something completely that you weren't looking for, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I have not played... I, mm. I played the E3 version of this, the E3 build, and I, I want to play it for my daughter because I right, think, right. you know, she loves Disney stuff yeah. and I think she'll want to watch the story and these like new characters mixing with the characters that she knows. And, uh, you know, got a, got an excellent review from Jonathan Dornbush, our resident yeah. 
Uh, he, super fan isn't even doing that man justice. Yeah, yeah just, uh, he he's a he knows this. He's, he's a Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yeah, he is a Kingdom Hearts scholar. Yeah, and he gave it a, a great review. So yeah, I think I'm going to give it a try and uh, and see see if if either uh, I or my daughter want to stick with it. Yeah, you know, because and he told me if you just kind of power through and it's maybe a you know 25 hour game, so it's like all right, well, you know. Even in kid time, that's a long time. Yeah, so, yeah. I was actually surprised. We'll see. It was so short. I think I'm just so used to playing incredibly long games at this point. Like the last game I just reviewed, which I'm finally getting that review up, was I think I put 65 hours into it. Wow. And I could have put like way more in, but I'm just like, well, this is my life now. Just a bunch of long games. Oh, it's so, uh, yeah. I hate that. I hate that trend. I just don't have time in my life. I think it's nice. I'm with that you. You have time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean it's great absolutely. that games offer all kinds of value and just like an yeah. endless long tail. So, yeah. So that's what I've heard about Kingdom Hearts as well, is that even though it's about 20, 25, 30 maybe hours of the story, there's like a lot of side stuff. So I'm excited to live in that world when I'm ready. So there it is. Um, and then the, the last thing I want to mention before we move on to a little bit of news before and uh, hit get going here. Crackdown 3, of course, is, is one of the 637 games coming out on February 15th. Uh, look for new preview coverage. You've got to look at it. Destin and I went and played Friday is the day. So I just wanted to mention that. We'll talk about it on next week's show. Yeah, we will. And <laughs> Destin, when, when was the first time you played Crackdown 3? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> did you, wait, did you Lucy, play this before? You I'm a, sorry. It, it was a while back. What, what was it? Was it 2014? I'm really sad. I believe it was 2015. Yeah. It's out. It was Gamescom. Yeah. yeah. We played a little multiplayer. <laughs> wait, Destin, you've played the multiplayer? Yes, I have. This is this is definitely part of the unlocked drinking game if you're playing along <laughs> at home, so sorry that you're hammered now. <laughs> Looking for in-depth discussions about the process of making video games from the very people who actually make them? Then IGN is happy to present Starburns Audio's upcoming podcast, Humans Who Make Games. Hosted by comedian and Adam Ruins Everything star Adam Conover, Humans Who Make Games offers insight into the origins of games like Spelunky, Binding of Isaac, and more from the people who made them. The first episode will be with Binding of Isaac developer Edmund McMillan. Stay tuned for more from Humans Who Make Games on IGN, and be sure to subscribe to the show's Apple podcast feed for new episodes as they debut. All right, well, let's move on. February, Games with Gold. Kind of a slow news week so far. That's Thankfully, we had three quadruple-A video games to talk about. But uh, Games with Gold, I'll tell you, I took a look at this lineup. It's mostly older stuff. There's not really not really anything new here, but I think this is a really good all four of these I think are 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 good. You've got Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. That's a good one. Which is yeah, the the 8-bit style uh Bloodstained because I think the Castlevania. Thank you. Yep. The 8-bit style Castlevania. Cuz I think the the full and proper current gen, you know, higher Production value one isn't still not out yet. I think uh, no. there is a new one coming out. Yeah, I don't. There is. Yeah, and I because I've played it at multiple E3s, mm-hmm. but I think it still hasn't hit. But yeah, I know uh, Damon Hatfield really liked. I think he reviewed Curse of the Moon. Mm-hmm. Super liked that, and then Super Bomberman R, which I reviewed as a, as a launch title for the Switch. Yeah, two years ago now. Oh, okay, and it I did not give it a great review. I think I gave it a five or a six. Mm-hmm. But to their credit, I know uh, Konami has has patched the heck out of it and addressed a lot of the issues mm. that that uh, were in that initial Switch version of the game. So, hey, that's free if you like Bomberman and who doesn't. 
except for Act Zero. That's the we don't <laughs> speak about that Bomberman. <laughs> Old school Xbox 360 fans know what I'm talking about on that. Assassin's Creed Rogue. That's a good one. Uh, yeah, February. I forgot that that game existed. It's such a weird entry into the franchise. So strange. Yeah. It seemed to come really fast after Black Flag and just kind of went. Well, yeah. you remember, it's, the reason you think that is because it's true. That was uh, that was the one that came out on 360 mm-hmm. in 2013, the year that Xbox One came out, and we got, I guess it was... Uh, it? Whatever the one that yeah. launched on... There was, the, there was a... Black Flag. It was Black. Yeah, yeah. okay, that's yeah. what I thought. Yes. That was the first game I played on my Xbox One. Right, mm-hmm. and everybody loves Black Flag, and so I think Rogue kind of never got its due, yeah. really. Yeah. But it's, uh, by all accounts, a very good Assassin's Creed game. Mm -hmm. So that's free from February 1st to the 15th. And then uh, an old favorite going way back on the 360 here, backwards compatible though, so playable on Xbox One. Star Wars Jedi Knight Jedi Academy, which if you were to extrapolate this entire title out, this (laughs) you had Dark Forces, then you had Dark Forces Jedi Knight. (laughs) Hang with, take a walk with me, Destin, because this is a fun exercise yeah. on how how bizarre this got. Dark Forces was a was a first person shooter, a Doom clone in in the Star Wars universe from 1994. Oh, I, I saw the guide for that recently. Like my partner, really? he collects a lot of the Star Wars guides because he played so many Star Wars games. Yeah, and he was showing me one yesterday, and it was that game. It's like this is the Doom Star Wars game. I was like, yes, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you had Dark Forces, then you had Jedi Knight. Which was, they called it, I believe, Jedi Knight or Dark Forces colon Jedi Knight. Then there was Jedi Knight Two, Jedi Outcast, which is the best one of all of them. <laughs> it's it's a probably one of my favorite twenty games of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is S- Dark Forces Star Wars Jedi Knight Two, yeah. And then you keep, and then Jedi Academy is the one after that. So it's like <laughs> video games. Dark so Forces <laughs> Four, Jedi Knight Three. It's very complicated. But uh, Raven, Raven Software, back when Activision yeah. used to allow Raven to make make their own original video games that weren't Call of Duty maps. So uh, yeah, Jedi Academy is really good, also, and had a cool one on one lightsaber dual multiplayer mode in it as well. So yeah. That's a nice lineup this month. It's you know maybe not any not, bad, not, bad. not any like triple A, top of the marquee kind of games, but four solid games for free if you're a if you're a gold member. I'll be getting Blood Sand and Assassin's Creed. That's for sure. Yeah, download and, them and all. Yeah, claim well, them all, I, Destin. I always make sure like when I go in there, I'm just like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> and then it lets you pick download now or just keep it in your library. Yep, like, just hold on to it. That's all you got to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then next up here, a new Dragon Ball game has been announced. Miranda Sanchez, tracker of all things uh, anime. Yeah. <laughs> You're so excited. I know. I'm, I feel bad. I'm not a Dragon Ball person. Um, it's always like my secret shame. It's like I know a lot about Dragon Ball, but I've actually never seen the series because my parents didn't let me watch it when I was a kid. So like, I've, Too violent? I, huh? Too violent? Yeah, I, I don't think they just were into all the fighting. Oh, yeah. Um, I have seen I have seen some of it. It's just not, I know a lot, it's weird. I know a lot about <laughs> Dragon Ball, but I don't watch it. So mm-hmm. I'll rectify that someday. But <laughs> yeah, so this covers, I believe. Project Z. Yes. And then this one is supposed to follow um, Dragon Ball Z, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, uh, discover the story of the mysterious Dragon Balls. Join Goku and fellow warriors in the never-ending search for the ultimate fight. 
Uh, they, they showed off Goku, Gohan. I don't know how to pronounce any of these. Uh, Piccolo. You're doing good so far. You're doing good. V- Vegeta? Vegeta. Thank you. So yeah, what? Wow, Ryan. So a lot of the Dragon Ball hey. characters are named or references to food or vegetables. Or vegetables ah, okay. And like Frieza is like <laughs> a freezer. And then I think his dad's named Cooler. And then, <laughs> yeah, there's... Dragon Ball is really funny. Like it is a good a good time, and they just love fighting. Uh, clearly, really well, they said never ending battle. It's true. The, it just newest, never ends. The newest movie is just about them wanting to fight more. Just, they just want to fight, and then they find a new guy who's just like essentially born to fight, and they fight him, and then they save him from himself and his terrible father, and then the, and then Goku's just like, hey, let's let's fight more sometime. <laughs> What a miserable existence. I mean, spoilers, if that's all I guess, you for do. the movie, but not really. So, <laughs> no, that's pretty good. Like, that half of that movie, actually, maybe two-thirds of that movie is just fighting. It's really good. Yeah. It's fun there to watch. There you go. Um, uh, but, yeah, so a new Dragon Ball game with fighting. Um, I like that CyberConnect 2 is developing this, so they did a lot of the Naruto games. Like, a lot of them. And I particularly like how fun those are and, like, kind of creative they get with those fighting styles. So, it'd be cool. Excellent. And then finally this week, uh, we've got a new hire at, at on the Xbox team, Damon Baker, who, uh, if you've really, really keep track of all things in the industry, he was the former head of partner management at Nintendo, has joined Microsoft as the head of portfolio for Xbox, sort of overseeing second and third party content. He says uh, on Twitter, honored and excited to help evaluate all second and third party content towards our strategy. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious, you know, it's, it's always nice to see Xbox add talent to the portfolio. They've added so many studios <gasps> and here I wonder, you know, we, I feel like we've kind of stopped getting those second party cool Xbox one games, you know, yeah, the quantum seems, breaks, yeah. the Alan wakes, mm-hmm. the rises of the world. So hopefully Damon will sort of set, prioritize that and, and go back out and and bring some more great content to the Xbox. Mm-hmm. Also, I have an amendment to my statement. Please. Freeze's father's not cooler. I <laughs> forgot. His, his father's King Cold. I think King Cold also has a son named Cooler. Cooler. Huh. Huh. Got it. By the way. That's that's interesting. That's an interesting hire. I just like, <laughs> but also I never, I never sort of think that anyone leaves Nintendo. <laughs> that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just sort of think they, they, they live... Like their career is Nintendo, and then they leave the industry or they die. Like <laughs> it's just a, it's it's just yeah, it's a cool it's a cool uh, get for Xbox. And the guy just drives right down the street to work now because they're both in oh, Redmond, yeah. Washington. Yeah. So the commute doesn't really change for Damon. Just drives over to Microsoft campus instead of Nintendo, and I think they're really close by to each other yeah. as well. So uh, yeah, congratulations there. Open invitation if you ever want to come on Unlocked next time you're in San Francisco. Damon, please <laughs> join us. Well, that's everything I've got news-wise. Shall we crack open the loot box? Let's do it. see yeah. what's inside. Mm-hmm. Trevor, whose gamer tag is Pillar of Awesome. It's an excellent gamer tag. Here's, here's a good one for you guys. In your opinion, what is the best and worst Halo weapon? Pistol. Best. Can we agree on that? Halo no. 1 pistol? Halo 1 pistol, probably no. the best weapon. We no. have a disagreement no, from the other end of the table. It's what do you got? It's the Needler. 
The needler? The needler. The needler. Sucks. Okay. Yeah. Oh no. Okay, okay, okay. I have a terrible <laughs> I have a terrible admission to make. I should not actually be on this show ever. <laughs> Cuz I've only ever played one Halo game. That's okay. And that's the original. That's okay. And the reason part of the reason that the I could never in get into like fully into the series was because I hated the needler so much. Mm-hmm. It's awful. It <laughs> <laughs> well, as I remember it, in Halo, they beefed it up in later games. No, but That's right. Halo 2, yeah. It's so good, right? Though. In th- I was I was just gonna say I think was it three that they nerfed it and it was like borderline useless. Yeah, yeah, it made me really sad. Three, it was bad. One, it was bad. Two, it was okay. Beautiful, but it's never been weapon. great. I wouldn't say it's the worst, but the best is great. easily the pistol. It's like iconic. No, or the sword. The sword the is like sword's great. Energy visually sword is interesting, nice. and it's got that really satisfying like lunge I, kill. I can't okay. believe no no one. All right, hashtag Team Battle Rifle, the Battle Rifle. Okay, yeah, but you need you need his co-pilot, so to speak, the plasma pistol, the plasma pistol <laughs> <laughs> to make it the best. I weapon. mean, the, the that see this is what's great about Halo. There's there's so many. It's like it's hard to the DMR. Is mm-hmm. is uh, no no Miranda? You're you're nodding <laughs> no on DMR. I have mean things to say about the DMR. So I'm not going to talk about it. Wow. <laughs> Mostly about people who use it, but you know, it's oh, fun. I okay. Well, so you don't, you don't want to offend me? Is no, what you're saying? I want to be nice. I, I mean, positivity or something. One of, one of the most <laughs> iconic rocket launchers in, in all yeah. of yes action shooter action game history. The spanker. The rocket launcher, <laughs> yeah. SPNKR written yeah. boldly on the side with that cool rotating barrel. Mm-hmm. So good. The no, rocket cool. launcher. It's yeah. Just I mean, I feel like this is almost a mean question to ask because best in this almost just comes down to what's your favorite. Yeah. Because I think it depends on which game you're looking at. That's true. Like it so much does, and like yeah, the pistol was really OP for a while, but also it's just. Boring. All right. Well, let's just as a all right. So just to Uh, satisfy Trevor's curiosity, then let's just go. All right. Halo One, best and worst weapon. Oh, uh, I don't. I don't. Three shot death machine pistol. I mean, pistol's the best. I agree with Halo One. Absolutely, pistol's best weapon. But for worst, that Miranda still with it with a just suppressing a frown. I refuse. (laughs) But I know it is. Yeah. So what do you shotgun think? Was, shotgun could be a, a good secondary. Oh, yeah. Shotgun was yeah. super good. Mm-hmm. All right. Useful for so worst Halo 1 weapon. Then. Yeah, that one, I, I don't The Needler, I guess. The Needler. the Needler sucked in Halo 1. Are you trying to pick a fight? <laughs> in Halo 1, you're going to defend the Needler? It's yes. terrible. <laughs> yeah. Every time like, I saw All the drop, battles like, are ranged for the most. It's See, at, le- at least in Halo fine. 2. <laughs> It was never your go-to, but in Halo Two, you could you could dual wield two needlers and then just so like good. send a barrage of semi homing needles towards mm-hmm. your opponent on on Xbox Live. That's true. Um, it's beautiful, <laughs> wonderful explosion. It's great looking. Light. It's great looking. I like the purple and pink combo sort of look that it has going on. Uh, it's just crap in the first game. It's just ineffective. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Halo Halo. Two, it's important because it was introduced as wieldable and it right. was teased you couldn't, in the first one. Yes, yeah. I so. would not disagree with you on that mm-hmm. for for best Halo Two weapon. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. we, we did it. Sorry, <laughs> but worst Halo Two weapon? Uh, did Halo Two have the brute shot? That was Halo Three. Wasn't I it? don't remember when that I was introduced, th- but it's it is so bad. 
Yeah, I hate the brute shot. I also agree. Yeah. I'm not a fan. Yeah, in any of the games, that's probably going to be my least favorite weapon. I will grab. I will grab a needler over a brute shot. I remember accidentally <laughs> picking it up and being like, "Oh, yeah, oh, no." Yeah, I'd love to see some. Maybe really I'm good. Thinking, no, maybe brute two did have the brute shot because th- it was the 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 yeah, the, yeah, our, our, the little introduced, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was so, the the. the the, there was a pistol, right? A brute-like pistol thing? Yep. Yeah, those were the... They Which shot, I, like, I didn't needles. like those. They shot needles. They're actually not bad. It's but, better than the brute shot, though. Yeah, it's better than the brute shot. Uh, I'd love to see some pro brute shot gameplay, if anybody can link us to that <laughs> in the in the comments. No, yeah, below. of course. I've, just, I've spent, like, so many thousands of hours on Halo 2 multiplayer. I've... I've the the best thing about the the brute shot is the melee play. attack. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah, the you just sharp and... Bam! And the, yeah. See, I, I threw yeah. it. Bam! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, wow, Trevor just dividing the table. <laughs> I love it. Halo um, 3 would be much tougher because uh, I don't even remember what new weapons were introduced. I mean, yeah, it's Spartan Laser was in 3, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, never a big Spartan Laser guy. Yeah, it's myself. just sort of. Yeah, it's fine. It can take out a tank in a shot or two, but it's it's just okay. But like worse, like, I don't know, everything was sort of okay. Needler again, I guess. <laughs> Needler forever. I love this, the death stare Miranda's giving you. <laughs> this is why you have to watch Unlocked on video, because you get all the you get all the like just the quiet facial reactions from the, oh. the cast that you can't hear on we, the MP3 file. We all said sword, but BR was introduced in Halo too. Well, right. Yeah. That would um, be a good contender also. Yeah, and then uh as long as it's not I've never really liked Plasma Pistol. I just never it's, liked it's it. It's a secondary. You That's never like, use it as your prime. Exactly. It's yeah. like a prime. But whenever I yeah. had to pick it up, I was always just very disappointed. Yeah. I, I have oh, a lot of memories of playing Colossus. Or, uh, yeah, Colossus, the one, um, you know the one I'm talking about, right? With the uh, big the big uh, uh, man cannon in the, oh, yeah. On yeah. The, okay. in the middle, like in the dead middle of the map. Mm-hmm. Um, that for some that map I could just abuse people with the the noob combo with, yeah. the, with the plasma pistol BR. It's just like there were just enough long enough sight lines in it where you know in that plasma you just just because it would home ever so slightly. Mm-hmm. So they just even try to just drop their shields with that and then switch to the BR and yeah. finish them off. You could dual wield like the plasma pistol and the SMG or whatever it was called, and uh, that would be a fun little combo too. Inhaled. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. All right. Uh, Roland, or no, that's Unlocked Box Review. Sorry, Trevor, thank you so much. Thanks, Trevor. If you have a loot box question that you want to want us to argue about, email it to unlocked at IGN.com. Hey, you wrote down the name. I know, I remembered this week. <laughs> I was, I was, I'm trying to remember, <laughs> trying to be better about it. Uh, and now for trivia, everybody's tied it uh, with one point. Actually, Lucy, you can just grab a share of the lead here. We, you know, we keep track all year long of the trivia scores. You could win. You never know, you show up often <laughs> yeah. enough. You could end up with a with a killer trophy. Uh, so everybody would somehow doubt that. Miranda, though. Destin, and Brandon, who couldn't be here this week, each have one point. Uh, Roland, whose gamer tag is Rolo with zeros, asks, which of these this is actually this fun relevant topic, which of these multiplayer map names does not appear in both the Gears of War series and the Halo series? Mm. I didn't realize this is such a cool trivia question because I didn't realize how much overlap there was in the naming conventions of Gears and Halo multiplayer maps. Onslaught, Relic, Impact, Foundation. So three of those, the, the, that word appeared mm. 
in uh, the map in name. the map, the map name, name of in both games. That's not necessarily the full map name, but mm-hmm. it's the the word appears. Uh, this is I, so hard. What the I heck? I think I could. I think I would have gotten this right only because I know Halo maps so yeah. well. I don't yeah. know my gears maps quite as well, but I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out to you guys and see if you want to take so a guess. So bad at map names. Um, I'm just gonna guess B. Okay, relic. Yep, probably wrong. That's last. Can I go? All right, Lucy. <laughs> I'll throw it to you. I know you don't okay. haven't played a ton of Halo. <laughs> yeah, this is just this is <laughs> wild. Throw a dart at the dartboard. That's what I'm doing. Uh, this is Ralph Wiggum with the pin the tail on the donkey. <laughs> uh, C Impact. All right, Destin. So I, I was leaning towards Impact or Onslaught, but I think I remember the announcer going Onslaught. So I'm gonna go with A. Okay, Onslaught because that would be a map a game mode and not a map name. Okay. Uh, well, the answer, you are correct, Destin. It is on, on Onslaught. Yes. Yeah. Good back stuff. Back on the board, baby. <laughs> back in the lead. <laughs> yeah. You're back in the lead. You're already on the board. So let me add a point to you there. And uh, yeah, we'll just, Destin will now conspire to have the Unlock Block Trivia canceled for the rest of the year so that he wins <laughs> two to one. Uh, if you would like to try to stump everybody with a, an Xbox trivia question, send it to Unlocked. At IGN.com, include four multiple choice answers in your email, and please note the correct answer in your email as well, and we will play next week. That brings us to the end of another podcast, the 379th episode of this show. Oh, my God, I've done over 300 unlocks. (laughs) Wow. Congratulations. I I, I came in at, I want to say it was... Somewhere in the high fifties, I think, is when oh. I started. Wow, it's been a it's been a long uh, long time. How many hours have I spent talking on this show? I love it. I, it gives I, I get paid to talk about Xbox. Yeah, I can't complain. It's great. So you can find me on Twitter if you are so if you want to yell at me about my opinion on Anthem, feel free at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, and yeah, I'll see you on, I'm going to be on the public demo for Anthem this weekend. I definitely want to get some more time in because I didn't quite get to unlock a javelin suit. I didn't get to play at all on Sunday oh, yeah. after they opened mm. things up. You messed around so. with Ranger though, right? Oh yeah. It's, it, it might be my favorite and I played all of them. Wow. And I, the, the more I realize the potential with that javelin, I'm like, I'm really stoked. See, I, I yeah. tend to play tanky characters when I can. So I, I don't think you're going to like the Colossus. I want to give them a try. Yeah. Yeah. The, the lack of mobility might end up frustrating me and maybe I'll but I want to give him give that one a try I'll give you a tip reddit reddit kind of came together and a lot of people thought the Colossus felt really squishy Mm. so there's some build suggestions just make sure that you check all the options in your character build because he doesn't have a shield you have to physically bring up the shield to have have a shield Mm. and uh, that's one thing players need to consider duly noted that class all right Uh, and then I don't think there's anything else to tell you about like programming wise like I said just the crackdown three coverage from Destin and myself coming soon Friday on IGN Lucy O'Brien got anything you want to promote um Nothing that I want to promote apart from just the site itself <laughs> because that's <laughs> yeah. that's where I put put all my content out. Uh, but you can follow me on Twitter at Luce O'Brien and on Instagram at Luce O'Brien. Love that's it. L U C E. Follow along with your your adventures in San Francisco, getting to know America. It's it's a lot of fun so far. Yeah, you having a good time. You, uh, I, I love two months following in. your adventures. Two months yeah. in. Wow. All the cool, like weird bars that you find. Yeah. And, uh, all this, you know, you're. I don't need. I live. I've lived here for a long time, and I'm not. I'm not doing any of the cool stuff you're doing. See, what you've got to do is you've <laughs> got to get on Tinder. 
<laughs> I don't think my wife would appreciate that. <laughs> I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. <laughs> uh, Miranda. Hi. Uh, you can follow me at Havoc Grows, and that's Havoc with a K, on Twitter, Instagram, and pretty much everywhere else. Um, finally, that review I talked about forever ago, my time at Porsche is going up today, which is very nice. It's just kind of not a super high priority to get up immediately, so we kind of held off on it, and now it's ready to go. So that's nice, and I'll be working on the Anthem Wiki, so if there's anything you need help with, or if there's something that's not clear, please just let me know. Fantastic. Destin, take us home. Cool. At Destin Legary, and uh, if you guys want to join me after work, I stream over at twitch.tv slash Destin channel every Tuesday and Thursday. Guarantee it, but I've been streaming way more because, like, all weekend I'm going to be playing Anthem. Mm -hmm. We got Division around the corner. Anthem comes out on the 15th. February's going to be nuts. So IGN After Hours with (laughs) Destin Legary. Basically. (laughs) (laughs) All right, great stuff. And we'll see everybody for, wow, for episode 380 next week. What if you discovered you could move between the worlds of dreams and real life? That's the story of Dream Breachers, where Evan wakes up on his 12th birthday and realizes that something he dreamt about the night before had actually happened. With the help of his friends, a reappearing stranger, and a mysterious organization called the Dream Academy, Evan will discover what it means to be a Dream Breacher. Dream Breachers is a high-stakes sci-fi mystery adventure about the highs and lows of having all your dreams come true and is perfect for kids ages 8 to 12. If that sounds like a dream to you, you're in luck. You can listen to Dream Breachers now, wherever you get your podcasts.